there. All right. All right. All right. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, with that being said, welcome back, uh, Immortal X friends. We are oh, we here. started recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already started. So oh. uh, <clears throat> we're here. Um, we are back. We are here with a very special, I hate to call him a guest because he is an integral part of the show, but based on his infrequent flyer miles for Riley and I seeing him, he, is, he has been a guest in our hearts and in our lives, but here he is as a semi-permanent resident. Ethan, welcome back to the show. What is up? It is so good to be here. <laughs> Ethan, you're talking so close to the mic. I can hear it in my skull. Is the <laughs> Is this better? No, that's worse. You that's sure? Far worse. Um, Ethan, how have you been? What have you been up to? I have been up to a lot. I have been a part of GCP's production of The Little Mermaid. Remember, we are an international podcast. Oh, no one knows what that is. That's right. GCP is a uh, naturally renowned uh, theater company based in Fresno, <laughs> Did you California. Say a naturally renowned? Nationally. <laughs> nationally. It's like, what is a naturally renowned? I think you did say naturally. I heard naturally. I <laughs> okay. It is also well before the time I usually wake up. <laughs> it, I think it is for, for Riley as well. Yeah. No? Not anymore. This is one's just hitting especially hard. Yeah. 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 I took the nap. You know when you, like, wake up and you feel fine, and then you're like, I'm going to sleep a little more, yeah. and that just wrecks you? It's that. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for listening to this episode. I might not make any sense at all. I'm very excited for that. That's really not much of a change to how this <laughs> usually goes. Damn, Ethan's back and firing off shots already. <laughs> um, so we were trying to think about what we could talk about. It's been a while and something to just kind of ease us back into the potting session. So uh, Father's Day was this past Saturday, um, or depending when I post this, 10 Saturdays ago. Um, but... We have a father in our own midst. We have Riley. I know we've talked about it before. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Riley, what what did you do for Father's Day? Um, I honestly couldn't <laughs> tell you. Um, this is your first Father's Day, right? No, it's the second Father's was Day. She... Actually, the baby was born on Father's Day last year. That's right. Which was wild. That is um, wild. The baby's now one. Baby is now one. Yeah. I got you a special gift for your baby. You did. Can you tell our listeners what I got you? I absolutely don't remember what you got me right now. You don't remember? You don't remember the special gift that was snuck into the baby's bag oh, for you? Oh, yeah. So Cody and I have this thing going on where, um, so obviously this being a comics-centric podcast, a couple of, I don't know if this was a, a year ago now, too? I don't know. Um, Cody and I get really, really excited when we hear about this story that's coming out soon yeah. in, the, in the world of X books called the 10 lives and 10 deaths of Wolverine. What man. a cool like, cover. And it's going to be little, just like House and Powers. Yeah. It's going to be alternating titles on yeah, alternate weeks. Like, wow, what a concept. I'm stoked, you know. And um, I'm sure he's a lovely man, but I just haven't enjoyed anything Benjamin Percy has written in quite a while. And, man, that uh, that series did not do it for me. I was not stoked. What was such a bummer about this, too, Ethan, is like, this was right when I had gotten Riley hooked. And so he had just finished up the long boxes. We were finishing up Inferno for the first time. And then we were like, oh, man, like, Riley, you get to read this one live with me. Like, this is so exciting. I even had COVID one, like, one of the weeks. And Riley brought books to me, like, through the glass door. And then 
we didn't love it. Yeah. Which sucks because we've talked before on this podcast about how getting COVID is sometimes the best way to enjoy anything. It's true. It's true. But we, uh, so we didn't love it. And so Riley got some of the issues. Um, the series that Riley liked more at the time, which in hindsight just makes this even more amazing, was the series called uh, The Ten Deaths of Wolverine. And Ten Deaths of Wolverine explored one of our spoilers favorite characters from house and powers and inferno um radically changing yeah and by the time this transformation was over um this character does something so repulsively repugnant um that riley would not even pick up the issue and so i sent him screenshots of it for a while yeah yeah i was so not into what that story did to moira so i have like i think that series is five issues yeah. right it's so lives is five issues and deaths is yeah. five issues um and i only bought three of the five because i couldn't get you, myself to you, spend you more money on only it. Had three of the five. Um, so then i decided one day as i was like going through my box of comics at home like oh i have all these books and i have the you know my collection is the way that i want it to be i have all the stuff that i want and i was like i have these freaking three issues that like ugh, like i don't even want to look at these so what did i do well the next time that i came over to cody's house uh when he wasn't paying attention i snuck the issues into his comics collection as like a gag to see how long it would take for him to notice um, it took a little while. It took I, a little while. I was yeah. I was hoping that it would kind of be like a year or something, but um, but he noticed. It knocked over the books, ah. which is which is very which is honestly pretty symbolic. It knocked over the entire yeah uh, X-Men yeah. There is some symbolism line. there. It tumbled to the ground. Um, yeah, and so uh, fast forward quite a while, and we had a little birthday party for my one year old child, and uh he and his wife got us some, a few lovely little gifts and then uh in the bag were also the three issues of 10 deaths of wolverine and there's, there's a pretty good picture and video i got of riley like subtly flipping me off at his child's <laughs> birthday party <laughs> while his wife is like what have i what we'll have put i that fallen on the into <laughs> so that you can see i was like everyone's looking at me as i sit next to my child as she opens these gifts and stuff and like i'm i'm slowly like subtly putting my middle finger up to my forehead to scratch a non-existent itch and meanwhile your wife is just going wow what look, are these books? uncle cody got some books for you and now and i'm like nope those are for dad and now they're back in my short box at home i love it i was really anxious to see if they were gonna make their way over here i do hate the fact oh, that you know will. that ethan is watching my house for a month like oh, that is really they, scary they will to get me back here somehow my friend there will be several <laughs> times cody while you were in italy that riley and i um will change everything about I, your comics collection everything well this is the last episode of immortal <laughs> x friends um so we wanted to ease back into this and like i said it was father's day um, we had Ethan back here with us. Um, and so our question today is, who is the biggest comic daddy? <laughs> uh, vote now. Um, we'll upload pics. <laughs> no. Uh, so not, not, but not who is the biggest comic daddy of the podcast. Um, uh, though I do think that all, all three of us, you know, we have our moments. No, the answer is pretty obvious. It's definitely you. I'm the biggest comic daddy. You're the biggest comic 
father. <laughs> you think you can't even say it. I can't. You're uh, right. I can't say it. I say it. Call him Tommy Daddy. I don't want to. Maybe that's our first t-shirt. <laughs> that's our first merch opportunity. Comic Daddy. Um. So, Comic Daddy's aside, we're going to talk about some of the best and worst comic and just kind of pop culture in general dads, I think is kind of our general vibe. So, uh, in full transparency, dear listeners, I just tossed this to the boys um, right before we started. Uh, so, I can see both their eyes continuing <laughs> to scan the shelves uh, behind me to try and see uh, any daddies that they can find. Uh, but let's talk. Let's talk comic daddies. Um, I wonder if we can get down to a list of like like three best, three worst. Well, the best is obviously Apocalypse. <laughs> okay. I'm Come, just going to – one of the <laughs> slots is already full. <laughs> so so we're starting in a way that I was really hoping that we would. Um, we have a few a few big, big giant fathers uh, in our midst, and one already is Apocalypse. Riley, let's hear your pitch for Apocalypse being Look, Comics Daddy of the Year. It's really quite simple. <laughs> Apocalypse – is separated from his four babies yeah for like millennia yeah but all the while homie is still thinking about said babies yeah he didn't let himself get distracted no he didn't allow himself to just have other apocalypse babies but he kind of did kind of <laughs> he had like he's kind of <laughs> like, like like dozens of yeah, horsemen yeah, yeah, throughout but they're not like they're not his, his actual babies, babies. you know so <laughs> this is this is your dad brain coming out right now and i'm it really is, loving it dude it's like homie had these four kids and was separated from them for thousands of years man and homie all along was still wishing to get back to those babies that's and true like i think that's noble man yeah i think that's noble all he wants is a better life for his four little children and do you feel like his now not little but adult children who have children view view big daddy a as the same type of father that you do um well i mean they have they their, do kind of try to issues. stab him in the chest as yeah. soon as they see him they have their spoilers issues, ethan for a book you've had I for four it. months <laughs> dang in case you didn't hear that blast <laughs> ethan has been sitting on a copy of ten of swords for like four months we've been hoping they would finish it yeah he, uh, he brought it back today because i kid you not Leslie, my wife, asked me yesterday, when's Ethan going to bring my book yet? And it was crazy because when Cody picked it up off the table a few minutes ago, a layer of dust fell <laughs> off of it. And when he opened it to just like, you know, to just see a moth flew out. What I didn't want to call him out on, Riley, is that I actually saw where the bookmark is in mm -hmm. the book. And it's a uh, it's very early on. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I don't even think we've gotten to other worlds. No, he, he would read like a page a day. You're like, oh, I read my page for the day. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. We're getting sidetracked. Back, Back to, to the Apocalypse. greatest father in all of comics. Um, yeah, you know, I think Apocalypse's children, I think they're, they're well-meaning, but perhaps misunderstand him because on their point of view, Daddy has been away yeah. for so long, I miss him. <laughs> and <laughs> I love how you're saying that. Yeah, they're misunderstood. Famine, war, death, conquest. Just yeah. misunderstood babies. <laughs> Honestly, they are the way that they are. They're a product of their environment. They are. They're a product they of their environment, as are we all. 
and their environment did not include apocalypse <laughs> for thousands of years. See? And they right. wouldn't have been so like angry and hostile had they been <laughs> with Pop. Versus versus the mutants who were with him on Krakoa as his father. I'd like to point out that Riley's eye is currently twitching and I can hear his heartbeat from the other side of the couch. Yeah, and he's definitely the only one who does not have coffee, so that's that's very uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Um I, I like that vote though. I big fan of Apocalypse. I know on this podcast we've been very much a big fan of Apocalypse. I do think that there is an argument, especially looking at where things are now on planet Araco. Like both Apocalypse and Genesis are literally like sealed in stone as the founders, the mother and father of of this entire world of of a mutant kind. And so I definitely think that there is a legacy that's there. He's also done some really bad shit um, that we have not read. He has he's tormented a lot of people um, and has definitely ruined some other other families in the process, including the Summers family, uh, where he possessed Scott Summers and filled his head with evil thoughts. He has not necessarily been the kindest to his own other children, like Evan Slabanur. Do you know about Evan, Riley? I know about him, yes. <laughs> well, and and so I just I definitely think there might be some negative ticks in the apocalypse family I think tree. You could you could argue that he was mean to all the others because he was missing his four so intensely. <laughs> so is yours a, is, is your fatherhood <laughs> prize for apocalypse have an asterisk is like he's the best comics daddy for his original four. For our listeners out there keep track of how many times the word daddy is said in this episode <laughs> take it it's a drinking game good luck yeah. Yeah. have fun what was the question uh <laughs> let's just move on i okay. think that's, that's a good point i don't remember what it was either but that was really good uh ethan do you have someone that you would like to petition for best or worst comics daddy i th- i think i'm a little upset that you took the one i was going to do because apocalypse is you one of my favorites just because I didn't read Ten of Swords doesn't mean I haven't experienced Apocalypse. Apocalypse story, the whole thing. I saw the guy in a suit and tie. That was enough <laughs> for, for him me. to be a daddy. Yeah. So I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the Reed Richards stand. Okay. For a second, but I'm. I feel like it's so easy to praise him as a father. Yeah. And I and I do, but I also feel like for a lot of Hickman's Fantastic Four. He was a pretty crappy dad. Okay. Completely ignoring his family. Yeah. Choosing the Council of Reeds yeah. over like his children. I think what made him a redeemable like a redeemable father in my mind is that at the end, despite his like intellect and knowledge and power on a cosmic scale, he still chose his family. He chose to prioritize his kids and let them save the day. So it was more about who he raised as opposed to who he saved. I really like that, Ethan. I think that's a really good quote. I think that's that's probably something that should go on our T-shirts instead of Comics Daddy is it was more about who he raised than who he saved. I think that's really poignant. Um, I know you have not read uh, the rest of Hickman's like Avengers run and stuff like that, but he actually he explores more and more of kind of this like good future mm. that Franklin creates through what who Reed raised and so that's definitely something that I feel like he's interested in as well but I really like that idea of like that's kind of the tug and pull of Hickman's Fantastic Four is Reed is he choosing his intellect is he choosing being a hero or is he choosing his family and I agree like and we had this I think we had this argument on this podcast a few few months ago 
is was Reed Richards a good dad? But I like what you're saying where it's like that is kind of the arc of the story is yep. what is he going to choose to prioritize? And I think that's a really smart call. So uh, without spoiling anything, um, I, I I would almost compare the story of Reed Richards to like it's it's the interstellar complex. It's okay, I have the choice to save the universe or yeah. the world or my kids. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, it ends up being both. Yeah. In a sense. And almost that, I feel like there is a version of the Fantastic Four story that could be really similar to Interstellar, Interstellar, where it is Reed Richards looking back at, like, I tried to save them, but also, like, I'm mourning losing their childhood in the process. Or I raised the kid that ended up saving it. Like, Interstellar, that, yeah. the main character, he's not necessarily the hero of that movie no it's it is his daughter that's that's a ethan ethan just bring in the thought bombs right now this is great i would also like to say I'll that yeah <laughs> it, this coffee is called black and bold not an official sponsor but they mm-hmm. could be i really like their coffee it's good isn't it i'd like to confess i watched interstellar for the first time like two weeks ago interstellar was one of the first movies that riley and i bonded over when we first met um, I think that was one of those where we started talking about different things. We don't have to talk about him too much, but also just a shout out to another wonderful pop culture dad, Christopher Nolan. No, <laughs> it's like a <laughs> who Matthew McConaughey's yeah, character. Matthew McConaughey's character. Gotcha. I really thought you were about to say pop culture daddy Christopher Nolan. Um, are you excited for Oppenheimer? I am. Are you excited for Oppenheimer? I'm excited <laughs> for the radiation leak when I just I go saw. See it I just theaters. saw Riley poop on my couch when I asked <laughs> if he was excited for Oppenheimer. There's also, I feel like, some of our chuckles on this. The the mics kind of sound like Geiger counters occasionally. Some of these pops. Um, are you gonna comment on pop culture, Daddy Christopher Nolan? Um, or Bobby Op, Bobby Oppenheimer? I'm Bobby Oppenheimer. I invented a bomb. You really lost me on that last bit there. I don't really know what that was. I'm the one who's nuts this morning, apparently, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I'm so, like, across the board, like, I'm so into Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah. Like, the only reason that I didn't... Tenet is the only one that has, like, a little asterisk, but That's I because you like, watched it on your iPhone? Yeah. No, I, like... <sighs> As much as, like, I love Christopher Nolan stuff, like, I don't understand the whole, like, what his thought processes are in regard to, like, sound design and stuff. Because, like, I cannot understand what people are saying, bro. Like, I need the subtitles to be on in order to just, like, even make out what words are coming out of the characters' mouths. You know what I mean? Um, I, I have to fight through that movie for that reason. That movie just frustrates me because of it. Um but dude, across the board, like I love Nolan movies. Yeah, yeah Oppenheimer looks awesome. And so that the fact that it's rated R, that it's like, it's like, you know, not holding it back kind yeah. of thing. Like I'm so into it, and like the angle that's been coming out where he's been talking about it in interviews. Like you could you could talk about Oppenheimer like it's a horror movie. Like dude, sign me up. Like cool. I'm so into it for sure. Um, so Barbie. Barbie. by Greta Gerwig also releases the same day as Oppenheimer as mm-hmm. as the the film side of me is is stoked for this day. Mm. Um we will be back from our trip at that point and I've already told Leslie we're seeing both movies on this day. Um we got to figure out the order, we got to figure out where we're eating. Um I'm really curious to hear Ethan's thoughts on this as well as our as our 
Gen Z slash old man combo representative of where he views. Ethan, what movie are you seeing first on July 27th? Are you seeing Barbie or Oppenheimer first? I feel like I know Riley's answer. He just told us. First of all, I'm so glad that that's the moniker that I've adopted. The Gen Z. <laughs> that's on your t-shirt. Old man. I get a t-shirt. Wonderful. Um, I'm going to see Oppenheimer first. Yeah. I, I am currently a history major, mm-hmm. and I, I have been stoked for this movie ever since I heard it was coming out. Yeah. Barbie's going to be really fun. Um. Barbie, Barbie will be my chaser to the absolute heavy load that Oppenheimer will be. That is, uh, that is one of the. There's a podcast that I really listen to, and one of the guys has has stated the same thing, where he's like, Oppenheimer is the full meal, and then Barbie's the dessert afterwards. Yeah. And I'm like, that feels. But I like the chaser. I like the chaser comparison. Like after you contemplate the sin of mankind and whether or not it was worth it. And I watch hear, Barbie learn about capitalism. Like, that sounds great. I hear a real nuclear explosion will be <laughs> in every theater. Yeah, that's how they end it. Concessions are going to be crazy. Um, okay, so we've talked about Reed Richards. We've talked about Apocalypse. We've talked about Christopher Nolan. I'm going to go with a, uh, a worst ads. A worst ads. All right. And guys. I am going to dunk on my boy right now, but in the worst ads category, I'm going to put Cyclops. Cyclops has Jean Grey dies. Let's get let's get this is this is comics history with Cody. All right. Jean Grey dies. Cyclops leaves the X-Men and he marries a woman named Madeline Pryor. They get married. They have a baby. Moments after they have this baby, Cyclops finds out that Jean Grey is alive and he leaves Madeline Pryor and this baby to go rejoin the X-Men to be with his ex. Does it turn out that Madeline Pryor was a clone of Jean Grey and Cyclops was being psychically manipulated? Yeah. Did he still abandon his wife and baby to get back with his ex? Yeah. Does said baby then get kidnapped to the future and raised in an apocalyptic wasteland? Yeah. Does Cyclops and Jean Grey then inhabit inhabit the bodies through a psychic link of two strangers in the future who conveniently look by, like them to then raise this baby? Yes. Our X-Men comics very dumb. So much. But I do not feel like... Cyclops's parenting and abandoning of Madeline Pryor was a good call. I feel like that was a pretty, pretty bad, pretty bad dad move. Um, and there's been a lot of writers who have really tried to make up for that. I feel like Hickman and Duggan did a lot to really make like the family atmosphere of of the Summers Gray family really pop in X Men and Cable. You get to see Cyclops now as a good dad. Uh, to Cable and Rachel Gray, his daughter with Jean Gray from another alternate future. Um, but even when Rachel comes back, she kind of hates Scott for a bit too. Um, so I just think it's, you know, Cyclops is doing a lot, but he's definitely much more committed to the job than he is to his family, even though uh, a lot of writers have tried to make him more of a family guy in the past past few years, which I do appreciate. I think some of my favorite moments of Cable were it was, was dad Cyclops, but that's my that's my pitch to Cyclops on as 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 a bad comics daddy. Riley thoughts? Well, just one. As our resident 
podcast dad, I can confirm that some of his moves were bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones in particular, Riley, would you say was a bad dad move? Well, leaving his wife and his baby to get back with his ex is pretty rough. That was, that was a pretty bad move. <laughs> That's a pretty bad dad move. Ethan, did you know about that? I had no idea. And I, I was going to say, as soon as you mentioned Cyclops, I was racing in my head trying to argue with you about why he's a good dad and then you said that and yeah I, I have nothing it's it's pretty bad it's pretty bad it's it's it is one of those things that's so i finally i told leslie about that the other day she didn't know about that and um which means we now can no longer name our kids cyclops but um she was like he did what i was like yeah it was it was really rough um speaking of which leslie's here let me call out to her hi leslie how are you Good. I'm here with Ethan and Riley. Oh, it hasn't. That's why we're actively podcasting. No, that often We're doing one about bad and good comic dads. When you come up in a minute, you can give your your vote for who you think a bad or good comic dad is. Okay, um, so that's Cyclops. I on the on the bad list category. Um, so I gave a bad one. You guys give me good ones. Um, I can do a bad one. Let's hear a bad one. Let's hear a bad one. Um, wait. So, hi, Leslie. Hi. Um, <coughs> hold on. Leslie's here. Now. Leslie, Leslie, and Willow's barking. Who is a bad or good comic <coughs> daddy? Like a dad that exists in, in comics. comics. Yeah. So far, we have Apocalypse as a good comic dad. We have um, Reed Richards as a good slash bad comics dad, and we have Cyclops as a bad comics dad. Okay, trying to think. Um, I mean, I when you think Magneto's of Magneto's a, a pretty bad dad. Yeah, why is he a bad dad? Well, he pretty much disowns <laughs> his children, pits them against each other. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. <laughs> Um, Xavier wants to be a dad, <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of bad at He's also that. he's a bad dad to Legion too. Yes, that's and true. his daughter, who is the heir to the Shi'ar Empire, and he would rather father all of these mutant misfits, which sounds great, but has his own kid committed to like a psych yeah, ward. Yeah. yeah. So that was off the top of my head. Look at that. That's what I. Thanks, Leslie. Yours was the best answer so far. That is a good. That was much more thoughtful than ours. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Riley. Uh, you're a bad one. Great. Um, so, Invincible. Yeah. Um, we could talk for a <laughs> Leslie while. Leslie just turned and went, "Oh, <laughs> she said that." So she agrees. <clears throat> we could talk for a while about Omni Man, but I think I'm gonna pivot away from the like the easy discussion okay. part of it to one that might not easily be thought of next to that and yeah. it's grand admiral thrag okay as a bad dad <laughs> oh, yeah bad dad man does he, have, the worst. does he have one or two kids he has just legions of them dude and he freaking uses them as like as fodder as fodder dude like his kids are like getting destroyed in front of him and he does not care and they are just they are pawns on my 
on my board and like less than pawns like yeah, like the material like, that makes up the chess piece i could be it's been a few months now since i reread invincible so i could be misremembering this but i feel like at one point or another in one of the final climactic scenes in this series he actually uses one of his children to like batter uh an enemy i'm pretty sure i remember that as well i think he starts grabbing them and like using them as weapons yeah like more than one i feel like he whacks mark and team with dude's a bad dad man yeah like after seeing the like the <laughs> redemption of the uh, of the Viltrumites and how things have changed in their culture and they're all about this like, you know, the 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 things that we feel on this planet Earth like it's amazing and all that stuff and he just like doubles down and cements himself into like just his villainous stuff like yeah. he has legions of kids that he doesn't care about. He only cares about like reclaiming what he thinks is the the rightful Viltrum Empire, and he uses his kids as pawns in his war and kills them himself and uses them as weapons. There's no redemption for this dude. He is a bad dad. He is a bad dad. I think that's got my bad dad seal of approval as well. Ethan, anything you want to say about Thrag? He's kind of a jerk. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> he also let Scott Summers make some poor decisions. <laughs> some poor dad jo- I think bad to, dad choices. How, how do you compare Thrag <laughs> and Scott Summers? I mean, those are just two completely uh, different. <laughs> well, they both make poor choices, you know. Okay, yeah. You know, Equ- uh, equal on the bad dad meter? Sure. Why not? Um Is this this should now be a regular segment as we read comics? All right, this week was Star Lord a bad dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a little sound effect. Come up with. Um, I'm keep this brief. I'm is this a, is this a good dad for you? A mixed dad. Oh, a mixed dad. Yeah. Okay. And I think I'm gonna hop over to the other side of the aisle here. Nice. Comics wise, let's talk about Batman. Yeah, dude. I was I was getting ready, so go for let's it. Let's talk about the relationship between Bruce Wayne. And Damian Wayne. Awesome. Um, I will say right now, I Batman is a complicated one for me, um, and I feel like I'm excited to hear what you have to say. So, so go for it. Never before have I seen such dedication from a father to protect his son while still completely and totally <laughs> mentally manipulating him as well. There is so much devotion to like, yeah, my son is going to be a badass, yeah, and look out for himself, but also. I'm going to treat him as a soldier rather than an offspring. So with that, not even just Damian Wayne, but I would say Batman's relationship to Dick Grayson, to Tim Drake, to Jason Todd, to Stephanie Brown, to Barbara Gordon. So are you mean to his seven different Robins that he cycles through? But he really does care. And he, he sees so much of himself abandoned as a kid. And honestly, like at the end of the day, if we're going to talk about Batman as a dad. We have to talk about Alfred as a dad mm. because Alfred is a great dad, but also like the ultimate enabler um, in allowing Bruce to become this. Huh. Like Bruce Wayne as Batman does not exist without Alfred saying like, would you like me to repair your Kevlar, sir? Like that's the only way that Batman gets this stuff going. Um, and I, and I say this with utmost respect, and Ethan, I would like to point you to that Tom King run up there, which I think you would really enjoy, because one of the main themes of that book, and like slight spoilers, is Thomas Wayne 
Bruce's dad, but from the Flashpoint universe mm-hmm. where he becomes Batman, yeah. comes to the main DC universe Ooh. to basically beat the shit out of Batman to tell him, you shouldn't do this. You will be a better father if you're not Batman, but breaks him in the process. I it's just it's just a really interesting back and forth mm-hmm. while it's also like it, all the kids that we were talking about also becoming like, like, no, Bruce, you are our dad, and this is the legacy, whether he's right or not. I think it's interesting that you use the word enabler and i i think i would for the most part agree with you but i also think it's important to point out bruce wayne will do what bruce wayne will do he is a runaway train that cannot be stopped the minute raz al ghul trained him up to be this martial artist and and this this badass i don't know if alfred could have stopped him fair i think it's more like alfred as a dad is watching his fully grown son make poor choices and saying, all right, I'm not going to stop you, but I am going to keep you safe. I think the hard part about Gotham in general and in just in reading a lot of Batman now is like Gotham sucks. And it's like the city or the 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 city. OK, the TV show wasn't my favorite either. But we that's a, that's another podcast because I love that show. Do you really? I, I do. That's all, you were probably at the right age when that came out. Probably. I in the same way where it's like I will I will go to bat for like Smallville for forever, um, but you know Gotham as a city is like it is it is a hell pit of awful awful things happening where it's like I think it's also Alfred knows like if you do not suit up and do this like we will we will all die like like it will be days away and anytime you take Batman off the board. Um, and whether that's a TV show or a movie or, or especially comic series that do it all the time, like that city descends into chaos and even all of the, the Robins yeah. and Batgirls and, and uh, Gotham City Police Department, like no one can stop it. Dick Grayson does his best. He does his best, but none of them are that, that force that is him. Hmm. Um, I think that's a really good mixed ad. Anything else you want to say about Riley, anything you want to say about Batman? Yeah. I like Batman. Yeah. Good dad, bad dad. Yeah. Are you a Keaton or a Bale guy? Or Affleck? Or Pattinson? Or, you know, any of the... What, what Batman speaks to your generation? What What Batman is your daddy is what Riley, <laughs> Ethan's asking you, Riley. Kevin Conroy. <laughs> yeah. From the Arkham games. Love it. I love how you just said even from the Arkham games, not even from the animated series. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Kev. I actually... Um, this is something that's slightly unheard of, I think, for a dude who's 29. Uh, I didn't grow up watching the animated series. It's true. Um, you are 29. I, <coughs> I watched watch Justice Beyond? League. Um, no. 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 Um, the only exposure to Kevin Conroy's Batman that I had for the first half of my life was through the Justice League show. Okay. I never watched the animated series or Batman Beyond until later. Yeah. Um, so... I uh, most of my exposure then was playing and replaying many times the the Arkham trilogy, um, not really Batman Origins or I think that yeah. was what it was called. Um, Arkham Origins, right? Arkham yeah. Origins, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that's that's my that's the Batman that like I hear in my head when I'm thinking about Batman stuff like that. Like, yeah, Kevin Conroy, but because of the way that I was exposed to certain media, just just really from the Arkham stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am – this might be recency bias, and also just because I, like, 
that movie I dug so much. I am a big fan of the Pattinson Batman, like so so much. Mm. Um, in a way that I was kind of a little like shook to surprise and to to see how much I liked it. Um, yeah, and and honestly, gosh, another thing I can't believe I'm saying. Um, a big a big fan of of Batfleck in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, 100%. And, and Batman vs. Superman director's cut. So, yeah. Yeah, I, you know what? Recency bias as well for me, but I'm Pattinson is like just my new Batman. Yeah, for me that always. works. That, that, for me, Pattinson coming on the scene was the same way as like Daniel Craig coming on the scene as Bond, where I'm like, this is it for me. Like, I don't I don't need any other flavor. Like, I want more of this. I, I We could praise that film for hours. <laughs> I would also like to point out... Uh, this is one of the very few times we've had the DC discussion on this podcast. It has been pretty Marvel heavy. It's true. It's true. And I, I think that that's Riley is not, not to speak for the trees right now, but I know I have definitely given Riley more Marvel to read. And I think so much of his collection has become more Marvel. Um, you've read a little bit of DC. I have, um, which obviously like for those that don't know listeners, like in the X, friends headquarters basically half of my shelf space is is marvel half not even half more like almost half is dc and like independent stuff and then the other half half is star wars so there's stuff yeah maybe we should we should cover more dc soon when it when it interests us i I know i've I've raved about certain creators and characters more Mm. but Okay, my, my final one, and we'll wrap this up. Um, so I did a Bad Dad with Scott Summers. I'm going to kind of do a quick, um, this is cheating, but a quick kind of grab bag of good dads, and then I'll do my final, like, for me, ultimate comics good dad. Um, grab bag of good dads. Cyclops was the bad X-Men, bad dad. Wolverine is another mixed bag, I think, similar to Batman. He is such a dad to so many of the younger mm. characters um big time in the animated series it was jubilee and the comics he was also such a dad to kitty pride um and then when his own clone uh laura x23 comes on scene he definitely fathers her but his actual son um dakin or Daken, um hates wolverine but also wolverine didn't necessarily know he existed so that's not necessarily on him um, but I think Wolverine has a big heart. Uh, for a while, he even becomes the professor of the X Institute and does a lot of things that uh, even Xavier didn't try to do. And for as gruff and as like gnarly as he is, I think Wolverine is definitely one of the big X daddies. Um, uh, the the X Men movies even do that as well. Like Wolverine's kind of that father that father figure to to the rogue character, and eventually to uh, even kind of that younger class in X Men Two. Um, another dad that I want to give a shout out to is Luke Cage, um, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and their baby, uh, Danny Cage. I think Luke does a great job. Um, he's also just kind of like a hard knocks, no jokes, uh, mess around character to some of the other younger characters I read recently, a really good interaction, um, written by Bendis between, uh, Luke Cage and Miles Morales. That was just kind of a really solid, solid exchange of Luke Cage kind of passing on the torch while also trying to get him to do the right thing um so shout out to to luke cage is kind of a consistent character i think fatherhood has kind of defined him but for me um my final father father comics father of the year for me um has still got to be uh, jonathan kent 
um, from Superman. Uh, I think Jonathan Kent is definitely the reason why Superman did not destroy the planet and gave a lot of really just kind of good heartfelt advice while still trying to understand his son. Um, I do not think that the movies um, always capture that. I actually think like the Kevin Costner one of like, don't, don't tell him, don't tell him as he dies. Like <laughs> the truck saving the dog is one of my least favorite parts of that movie. But I feel like comics when done well, do a really good job of explaining that like Superman is actually Clark Kent's secret identity and not the other way around that Jonathan Kent has helped to make Clark Kent the real person while Superman is, is the, the persona that he puts on. So um, big shout outs to, to JK from me. Any thoughts on, on Jonathan Kent or Luke Cage or uh, Wolverine? Yeah, those are those are good picks. I, I think I think it's important to, you know, as we have this discussion about fathers, family is not just defined by blood. Right. So uh, talking about adoptive dads yeah. is, is a good route to go. Yeah. Riley, final thoughts. Here, 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 here. Um, this is fun, guys. I think I think I would be down to do more of kind of these specials more often. This is good. Uh, I do not know if we will have one for best patriotic heroes. That might be a, <laughs> be a slippery slope mm. for Fourth of July. Um, <laughs> best and worst patriotic heroes. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that might actually be that might actually be worth pursuing <laughs> in the next week. Um, cool. Uh, well, this has been really fun. Um, we will be back soon. Uh, we've got a lot of exciting books coming out, but also um, I'm going on a trip, so maybe we can talk about how Ethan Riley can continue the pod in my absence. Um, Ethan, it was great to have you back today. We're glad you're here. It was it was so good to be back. Turn uh, the mic around. I have genuinely missed this. <laughs> Um, it's good to be back doing this. I feel like now that summer is hit, there will be some more free time to Love do it. this more often. So let's do it. Well, and break a leg with your upcoming show, Ethan. I Thank know you. we're excited to check it out and I hope we get the chance to, um, Riley, happy father's day. Thanks dude. Um, glad you're glad you're with us. Yeah. And, um, to all of our immortal X friend daddies out there, have a great day. Read comics. Read comics. Bye.